we are moving creatures, being human, and enjoying our life is always going to be in the present moment. And fear and polarities are always something that is related to the past or the future. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 real, real quick. It's Jamila here, and I have some exciting news to share with you. My first book, Your Journey to Financial Freedom, A Step-by-Step Guide to Achieving Wealth and Happiness, is finally available for pre-order. That's right. You can pre-order my book right now, today. The book is officially out December 5th, 2023, but you do not have to wait that long to get some resources and information to help you. If you pre-order the book today, I'm giving you some fabulous bonuses that will help you with your financial freedom and independence journey. I'm giving you the financial toolkit for free when you've pre-ordered the book. You'll get the debt payoff matrix workbook, the gold fuel worksheet, the financial goals workbook, and the retirement account questionnaire, my most effective and fave resources to share with you for free. Plus, if you order this book by May 28, 2023, you'll get even an additional bonus. I'm giving you access to behind the scenes video conversations with some of your favorite guests from the Journey to Launch podcast. These are candid conversations where we talk about the real, maybe not what we share when we shared on the podcast, but just behind the scenes conversation. And you can get that for free if you order the book by May 28, 2023. So once again, Go to journeytolaunch.com slash book to pre-order my book today. You'll get those bonuses, the Financial Freedom Toolkit if you pre-order. Plus, if you order by May 28, 2023, you'll get my behind-the-scenes video conversations with some of your favorite guests. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash book to get your copy to pre-order that book today. If you want the episode show notes for this episode, go to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this episode. In the show notes, you'll get the transcribed version of the conversation, the links that we mentioned, and so much more. Also, whether you are an OG journeyer or brand new to the podcast, I've created a free jumpstart guide to help you on your financial freedom journey. It includes the top episodes to listen to, stages to go through to reach financial freedom, resources, and so much more. You can go to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart to get your guide right now. Okay, let's hop into the episode. Hey, journeyers. I'm so excited to be chatting with today's special guest, Gail Coleman. Through her compassion approach, Gail empowers us to reclaim control over our finances and make choices with clarity and confidence, free from overwhelm. I'm loving this already, Gail. She's a certified financial planner, CFP, master integral coach, and co-founder of Coleman Knight Advisory Group, a holistic and integral wealth advisory firm based in Massachusetts. Gail is also the author of the book, The Body of Money, a self-help guide to create sustainable wealth through innate intelligence. Welcome to the podcast, Gail. 
Mm, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am so excited to speak with you because your work really touches upon like the things I really love talking about when it comes to money, which is not just the spreadsheets and the numbers and the external goals that we often set for ourselves, but what that journey looks like within. And I'm excited to learn more. So Matic Finance, tell me what that means, where that came from, and then we'll dive deeper. Somatic finance is really the development and movement to bring the wisdom of our body, the soma, somatic line of intelligence, into all matters of money. And it came from my direct experience and my practices throughout my financial planning career in the body, with the body, somatic meditation, breath and body work, and recognizing that my body has unique wisdom to offer me all the time. And it's been with me all of my life. And in money, we completely ignore what's below our neck. And so I kept asking colleagues, and this was in, you know, after the, the boom of and continuation of the psychology and money and behavioral finance that is so important, but it still is very limited to our cognition our brain, what we think versus what we're feeling, what we're sensing. And so through my, I guess it's kind of like a dog with a bone. I said, I wouldn't let go of it. I said, you know, that's where somatic finance just came to me. I said, oh, wow. And I began to write and practice and engage in my work with clients using the body. Yeah. And and when you say it, it makes so much sense. Like we talk so much from, you know, our head and ignore everything else. And when it comes to money internally and what I love about what you bring to the conversation with this is that you have certified credentials, right? You, so you are a CFP and I know that it takes a lot of like studying and training and knowing all the formulas to become one. I am not a CFP, but I know I thought about it and I was like, oh gosh, that's, it's a lot. And so I think sometimes when people are, are given more information other than the money and the quantifiable, they don't know the other side. They don't know how important the formulas are and the money. Like it's either, either or. So I love that you come from a place of, I've studied the technical side of things and that's still not enough. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your work how long you, you've you been practicing probably the, the other way without the body work, without transitioning into somatic and what you feel was lacking or what you realized as you was working with your clients and not touching upon the more comprehensive way that you talk about money now? Yeah, I have been in this field for over 35 years and there seemed to be stages of my career where I was going, this isn't working. So in corporate, where it was very, very patriarchal, very, very parent-child relationship with clients and basically ignoring what's really happening in that relationship and, and engagement, what's really happening for the other. And so I, when I felt I could feel, because I've always been a feeler, there was a disconnect. and People weren't getting happier, even when they had the quote unquote right financial decisions. 
So time after time, very early in you know, the 80s and the 90s, we would have the right financial plan based on all of the numbers calculating to a T, this is what you need to do. And it either wouldn't get implemented and there would be a blaming on the client, you know, because, oh, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, like a good child, or there would be uh, an implementation, but there's no enjoyment, no increased well-being, still a lot of worry and angst. And, and so I said, we can do better. And there were these chunks in my career where we would continue to, we can do better. We started our own practice to do better. And when the psychology of money came into play, we, I remember distinctly having a, a meeting with a client and innocently asking after we had signed all these papers and, and transferred his business to his daughter. And it was a beautiful, beautiful celebration. And I said, are you happy? And he broke down crying and his wife was there. My partner was there. And my partner looked at me like, what have you done? You know, you know, thinking and I, but I, I, I sat there and it was one of those moments where I went, we can do better. And there's something here. And so those, I kept going, as I said, like, would not let this go. And it was in the beginning of 2000 when I began my own practice, very deep dive into my body and training and realized I'm like, oh, we are missing a wealth of wisdom that is always here, letting us know that we are in alignment and integrity with our unique life. Because we would ask the questions. We would say, what's important? What are your goals? What do you want to achieve? Everyone wants freedom. Everyone wants well-being. Everyone wants to feel okay. But anything outside of us is not where we feel okay, feel freedom, feel joy. The only place that we can really know and experience joy and freedom and all of those things we seek is in our body. Because we feel those sensations. We feel the texture. That's human being human is being inhabit is inhabiting this body. And that's that's where we, we know life. That's where we can connect. That's where we um, relate. And I mean this is something I feel like we do know I mean, just in a regular everyday life, when we achieve a goal or something external and it's great for a few minutes or maybe a day or two, but then it wears off. We kind of go back to our set point of how we feel internally, like that external thing does not change ultimately every feeling that we have. I feel like a lot of us know that, but still put so much emphasis on the outward goal outside of, you know, being able to take care of our families and the basic needs, because we all need that to feel secure. But I think it's so important to talk about with money because we often are so focused, like you said, on the formulas and how much is in the bank account or in the investment account or how much debt there is. And then there are people who have that figured out or have a lot of money and they're not happier. So let's talk about then bringing awareness to that part of us and how we work as we are fixing the external or working to get better with the numbers also work on the internal? How does one start that process? We start on the inside. All too often, we start on the exterior, you know, the outside to fix it to, oh, okay, we've got it all put together. But unless we start on the inside and we really 
dive deep into what matters most to us and why and build our financial plan and our financial strategies and our financial actions from that point, we're doing it opposite. So that's why when you say it's it's fleeting, we reach a goal and it's like, ah, why? it's okay. Yeah, great. I did it. Now what's the next one. When we turn it around and we know every moment why why we're engaging in something, why we're earning this income, and we're we're directing it towards what matters most, we have a constant a constant river of fueling and feeding our life and our joy. And so it's not like I like staccato, I reach this and now the next thing. I reach this and now the next thing. We really have that open portal feeding us and in, into our into our joy, into our satisfaction, into our well-being that we are constantly engaging constantly in I want to say in in harmony moving because it's they're both going on at the same time when you talk about or ask about our awareness and how do we know it's like we we always are a whole body a full presence our awareness and sensations and emotions and so when we reach a goal when we're connected to what matters most it goes deeper and we experience it and we've got that full presence of our accomplishment and that then carries forward to what's going next as adults though right i've i've three small kids and it's funny because i see them they're the closest i feel to being innocent and not as much as i'm trying to stop ruining their <laughs> them as they grow cuz i have you know in terms of just being a parent you want the best for your children but i feel like we we have our own preconceived notions and way that we want them to experience the world. And they, in their little bodies, kind of are born expressing themselves without fear and without a filter, right? They feel and they they cry when they are upset and they have their emotions. And, you know, as they get older, they, they kind of learn to mask that or to almost ignore sometimes, as adults mostly, sometimes how we feel because of ex- external expectations and people who want the best for us who told us oh you don't you know you don't feel like doing that it's okay like you can do it or you feel nervous you don't it's nothing to be worried about all this all this messaging we've been receiving since childhood how do you know or how do you get back to then knowing what your body feels and wants because what I do want to talk about is that connection so we're talking about like money and finances and there's a connection to the body yes how do we notice what that connection is when it comes to money and how we feel and then how do we actually, could, there may be reactions when it comes to money that we're having, but we don't even notice we're having them because we're, it's life, it's lifing and happening to us. We're lifing and happening up here from our head up, right? So you're asking, what do, kind of what do we do? Like, how do we know? Well, let's just, let's just be really quick on this. And um, something's always happening. So we don't even need to think or, or, or try to think about it, we can commit to there's going to be fear around money and I'm open to receiving. I'm open to exploring. I'm, I'm open to being like my child in curiosity and wonder and all of my feelings. 
So that we can all just make a quick, I choose to be open to receiving everything that my body and mind and heart want to offer me. Then when something happens, we slow down. That's the best, best, I'm going to say medicine, and it's the best tool. We just pause, give ourselves a moment to be where we are, and give out, we can close our eyes. In fact, we could, let's play with this right now if you'd like. I mean, I'm, I'm not touching my microphone, I promise, but I have my hand on my heart and my belly, and, and that's giving me an opportunity to bring attention to my heart and my belly. And just not even trying to change your breath, but just noticing where your breath is. Just this gives space to something new. And we can then float a a wonder question like, hmm, I wonder what really wants to happen now. Or we can say, wow, I notice underneath my hands, I'm feeling a lot of sensations. There's a lot of movement and pressure and temperature. And we can just describe it like, oh, I feel warmth. I feel churning. I feel gerbils in my belly, and that's my fear. And just experience it. And maybe even enjoy that this is me being human. This is how my fear expresses itself. And when we do that, something shifts because we've given our attention to it. And with that space, with that shift, new possibilities arise, new choices, because we're coming from our whole body our whole brain. Can you maybe describe situations or real life scenarios for a person when it comes to money and life circumstance where they may be experiencing this, like whether it's from a client or something, a scenario you want to come up with that someone could say, oh yes, whether they're at a bank or talking to a partner or thinking about something dealing with money where this will come up and how they can do what you just said. Let me give an example of a couple. In couples, there's always differences with money, and that's okay. That's great. So in conflict with a couple, you can, again, recognize that you're going to have conflict and bring the topic to a conversation. You could even have the conversation be 10 minutes long and time it. And then you can start the conversation with, stating the fact, this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried about our credit card debt. And I notice that I get angry about it because I judge you. And then pause, make a statement, and then come back. Hold your body, hold your heart and belly. Feel what's going on there and give space. And allow your partner to express what he or she wants to, or they want to express. And go with a sense of our awareness in our body, go back and forth for 10 minutes. And that's a a practice where we are not only expressing our fears in, in language, in words, but we're also bringing what's going on in our body. 
what I would do is have a very specific format where we express what are our thoughts, what are our feelings, what are my sensations, and what's just going on for me, and then allow the partner to express what's going on for them, and go back and forth only expressing our own experience. Because what that does is it gets me in tune with what's going on for me and less over and blaming my partner or going into the same argument or conflict that we go into again and again. So this happens with debt. You know, where do we want to uh, invest? How do we, you know, handle the, our, our children's needs? And there's always going to be a difference because we have differences in, in values and you know, life experiences where we, you know, as you were saying earlier, when we grow up, we're pickled in the brine of our, our parents and, and actually our whole family lineage. So that's one example, but there's so many. And really, it can be as simple as just coming back to our body and feeling what's going on and expressing what's going on there. And that opens up the space to talk about and to skillfully address What's the issue? We all like I call it money things. We all have money things. Did you know I broke out the path to financial independence into what I call five journeyer stages? That's right. There are five stages that you have to travel through to reach complete financial independence. When you know your stage, you know what to focus on and how to move on to the next stage. I created a free one-minute quiz to help you determine what stage you're in. After you take the quick quiz, you'll know where you are on your financial independence journey, the main thing you should focus on, plus you'll get a curated list of 10 Journey to Launch podcast episodes to listen to that will help you for your specific stage. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash mystage right now to take the free quiz. That's journeytolaunch.com slash my stage. And when it comes to, let's say, to making a decision. So there's one thing like how you feel about maybe a topic and you feel uneasy about it or unstable and insecure. So that brings up fear and you sit with that and you hold that. Right. And then there are things where we ha- we need to make a decision or we need to do something like there's an action that needs to be taken. This is to, usually a typical question I get, but I have money that I need to invest. I know I'm not investing it, but I should. And I've done some research, so I kind of know where I should go with it, but I'm just afraid to take action. And if they were to use this method just to understand how they're feeling about it, fine, there's fear there. But let's just say now they're like, all right, I'm going to open up this investing account and I'm going to like make the move. How does someone know following their body and their natural reaction when they should do something despite maybe feeling uneasy and fear versus that's something or a signal saying that they shouldn't and they should stop. Yeah. Well, there are a couple, couple of layers there and I want to, I want to unpack it. The word should is always one of those gateway uh, threads, right? To like, so there's a, there's a limiting belief or message there. I should invest this. So we, really want to follow that and go, where's that from? Where am I hearing that from? And do I want to invest this? Is there something there that I'm not paying attention to? And we could be scared because that's what we are not paying attention to. 
So we want to identify those insights and beliefs that we're carrying that aren't working in our favor currently related to our money decisions and making an investment. We also want to make a distinction between fear and, and gaining the insight from that and moving that energy through us or just simply feeling scared and discomfort. If we do, if we're investing for the first time, it may feel uncomfortable. And we can just be aware of, oh, this is a new muscle I'm building. We can then investing, let's say we have $5,000 to invest. And we're, you know, we, we get this like, it's very, very uncomfortable to invest the entire 5000 Then we say, well, what would it be like? I know what I want to invest in, but I'm scared to put it all in right now. I don't know what the market's going to do. So how about another strategy that would feel more comfortable, but still be exercising that muscle? So how about $1,000 for the next five months? How does that feel? And then tune into how that feels. So there's always a, an adjustment or a way to, I call it like dynamically steering decisions where we're, we're taking a step, we're feeling, we're sensing, we're going, okay, this is fear. I'm, I'm, I'm gaining my insights on my limiting beliefs. This is discomfort. I'm exercising a muscle. Make sense? It does. It does. And you recently talked about this subject, money polarities on your blog and thought, you know, that was interesting to considering we live in a world of polarities and, and what people want us to see as really just black and white, like there's no gray or in between. So can you talk about what that money polarities are and using them in, or navigating them within our lives? Yeah, I, I'd say polarities are a myth. I mean, I, and what I mean by that is that everything is in shades of gray. We're, we're constantly in motion. We're constantly in a, in a, that unknown place, but we want to feel comfortable. We want to address our fear. And so we take a, a stance at, at one end or the other and we hold tight. And so that's a polarity. And it's so a money polarity is, I have to invest. I need to invest. There's only, that's the only way, or I will never invest. Investing is bad. I'm going to spend it all. Or, and so if we, and I notice my hands are like this, this is, I'm, you know, because this is, it gives me the sense of a polarity. It's very rigid, very controlling, and it's filled with fear. And so we want to first again, be aware of that. This is what we do. Human beings will get rigid, get contracted, be scared because that's all they know. And so how do we address the fear? Again, we face it. We gain access to our body wisdom. We move through the sensations and feelings that creates more space. And in that, then we, we begin to soften and see that, okay, maybe in, investing is not such a bad idea. Maybe I could invest some. And then we may say, oh, maybe spending is a little bit of a good idea. Maybe that is. And so we soften. We are moving creatures, being human and enjoying our life is always going to be in the present moment. And fear and polarities 
are always something that is related to the past or the future. And when we can be present with everything right now, not only can we enjoy where we are, feel okay, we can then make a choice that is going directly to what matters most to us. And that choice isn't going to be filled with a fear of the past of regret, I haven't done something, or a fear of the future of, oh, this, that, and the other is going to happen. To kind of piggyback, it's this idea of being like, we are dynamic, we're flexible, right? We change our minds. And so even though in one moment we are feeling fear or uncertainty around a subject or something that we're doing, it does, that's not what we're going to feel all the time. And I, I know that in the moment, it feels like that. It feels like it's never going to end. Like you're always going to feel that way. And it's like, that's not true. The, typically, or usually, you know, you change your mind or you, you gain new insight or you have a different feeling. So that's that idea of, you know, we're not stuck where we are and we are going, but there's no need to worry about what happened or what you didn't do or what might happen that may never happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if we attend to our emotions, the fear that's moving through us completely, it lasts 60 seconds. And the more we do that, the more we trust ourselves, the more we build that muscle of, oh, I've got this. And it becomes part of our way of being. So it's not a, a one and done, but this is a cumulative. We begin to really inhabit and enjoy and trust our whole body wisdom. In creating a comprehensive financial plan for ourselves, what questions or reflections should we be sitting with or thinking about other than I want to pay off this much debt or have this much invested? What are some other questions or points we should be considering to make this plan that we have comprehensive? With some of the interior questions we ask begin with some of what George Kinder created many years ago in his seven stages of money maturity. I see you nodding. I have cited some of his work, especially the, was it, is the questions that you ask about, um, you know, if you only had 24 hours left or six, what would you do? So, but I would love for you to review that if you can. And Yeah, well, it's a, it's a way of, there, there, there's three scenarios. One is if you had all the money you needed, tell me what your life would be like, you know? And so that it, it gives us an opportunity to a kind of brainstorm about like, what are all of the things that I wish I had done, uh, which, which I could do? What, what obstacles do I see in my life right now? And so it gives us a way to, to present that. And then there's the next question is you go to the doctor and you have five to 10 years to live. How does your life change? And so that points to the reality of life is precious and not permanent. We're here for a finite amount of time. And so now what? And so that near that begins to say, oh, near what is more important? What what does really matter to me? And the list usually changes, that the answers usually change. And and then the final question is you you have 24 hours. I don't want to know what you're going to do in the 24 hours, but what are your regrets and longings and what you had been or have done? And that really gets down to those 
places that matter most to you and where we want to focus our choices in our financial planning. And more often than not, it's about our relationships and our creativity being expressed and generosity in the world. And so when we are um, in tune with those, those values and why we're here, answering the big question of, yeah, why am I really here? What do I have to offer the world? Where's my creativity? What, what can I offer that no one else can? Because we are all unique human beings. And, and if we don't express it, then it's lost forever. And when we tap into that, I believe there's some kind of um, light that gets activated. And it stays with us and will keep reminding us that, that when we're off course, when we're not attending to it. And so your question about how do you get to that, it's, it's first you review it, first you recognize that, oh, this is what matters to me. And then that keeps getting nurtured because we, you revisit it. It's not like you, we do it once and, the, once and then it's done. It's again, we're dynamically steering on that. I, you know, I like to use the river, stepping into the river and, and it's always changing. We're always growing. You mentioned your children. I mean, what a delightful, I don't know how old they are, but I mean, they show us, you know, what those changes and how to be in life. And yeah, I'm just, I'm remembering my kids who are now 30 and 27 and it's a beautiful time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the thing is that in those times, like, because my kids right now, they are, well, one just turned five. So five, six and eight. Yeah. Very, very full of life and excited and resilient. And, you know, when I'm upset about something or, you know, I'm like, oh man, I, like, was I too harsh just now? And like, they are just like ignoring me. They're having the best time of their life. Like, forget if mom wants them to like get out the door, they are making sure they are living life to the fullest. And I'm like, I look at them and it, it gives me a, almost like a blueprint sometimes to remember like who I am, right? Like I know I was like that. And this is funny. Um, I forgot, it was like this video that says, you know, you're getting old, like, because then you start yelling at kids to stop running in the house when you were the kid at one time that used to run in the house. And then you're like, when you yell, you're just like, wait a second, like, oh, I'm becoming like... <laughs> that person (laughs) and then you remind yourself this is what kids do you know but I think what you said awareness is key because I I feel like so many people discount how powerful it is just to be aware of something even if they don't feel like they have the power to change it or they don't like that they're feeling away I think awareness goes like a long way to um, bridging the gap between like inaction and then taking action when you are ready, because um, whether that is uh, now understanding, wow, I'm having a physical reaction to something about money, or I know that I don't know this thing. If you go back to investing, the fact that you even know that you maybe can look into investing and there's this concept of index funds, whatever concept that you may not have known before, but you are aware of it now. And the fact that you know there's maybe a knowledge gap about it, it's powerful versus not even knowing that it existed before. And I kind of want to maybe talk more about how important awareness is, even if you don't feel like you're making or taking action right away, 
that it's a big first step to whatever change you're looking to make. Yeah, I I love that you're bringing this forward. And what what's what's coming up for me is the importance of being aware of your okayness in the moment, which I like to define as sufficiency, embodied sufficiency, and how that is the gateway to being able to access that that freedom. Because the moment I'm feeling okay and I'm sufficient, that is an awareness. That's an that's a very keen awake moment of I'm here. I'm okay. And then I can be aware in my okayness of not knowing as much as I would like to know about investments. And then from there, that very, uh, I'm going to say solid and non-scared place, so very, I'm going to say empowered place, can say, I choose to learn about investments. And I'm going to take these next two or three steps to learn more. And to learn as much as you want to learn and then and make choices about if you decide to get, you know, professional help or work with somebody at a bank or any institution. It's really about getting aligned with your own integrity and that that awareness that that sufficiency, that okayness is the place that we we all want to be versus coming from a reactive fear-based place. As you think back on your, you know, decades in the industry and how you evolved and how you, you talk about money and help your clients, you know, what's like the one advice or if there's one, you can do two or three if it's, to, you know, too many to choose from that you'd want to tell people or that could help guide people as they continue on wherever they are at this point in their financial journey? I think one of the most important things is that you have all the wisdom you need. And your wisdom is the most important wisdom for you. And one of the things that we have backwards in our financial systems is that There's some magic or elusive information outside that we have over here or this place has over here that you don't. It's backwards. And as I say that, I've noticed I've got chills all over my body. I think it's vital that we step into our own sovereignty, our own knowing, that sufficiency that I just mentioned. That's the awareness of I am okay and I can do this. Moving from that place makes all the difference in the world. And, and that's, that's again where our joy, our well-being, our true wealth lives. It is my wish and prayer and hope that we get to a place in our world where that's how we move with money. Because then I believe our choices are going to be far, far more generous, far more beneficial and wise for not only ourselves, but the world, the planet, all beings. Mm, It's beautiful. Uh, Gail, please tell everyone about your book and where they can find it and then more about your work. 
My book is uh, called The Body of Money, and it's found on, uh, it's published by Wiley uh, Publishing, and you can get it at um, any of the places, normal places you normal, you would get. You can go to my website, somaticfinance.com, and access the, all of the different places. And my work is really shifting into uh, more writing, some different courses, but I really want to bring this message of a better world and uh, moving from our fear-based relationship with money to a freedom-based, love-based relationship with money. And that's really what I'm up to. I know the numbers are important and I'm not ignoring them, but I really hope that your listeners get a boost of self-confidence and feel that they have a couple more steps to gaining access to their innate wisdom and that that is the most important wisdom right now. Thank you so much, Gail, for coming on the podcast. And I do hope that this gives you journey or confidence in your journey onward to living the life that you desire. So thanks once again, Gail. Thank you, Jamila. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me in the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.